0: to the 365 Talk Social Media Podcast. This week, Abby and I are back and we're going to be discussing the September social media platform updates. This is our chance to get to the end of the month where we talk about what's happened in the past month and give you guys kind of tips and tricks in terms of getting ahead of competitors or just your own ideas when it comes to managing socials, whether you're a business owner, you work in an agency like us. Hopefully this does help. So the first thing that was introduced in September was super follows on Twitter. So this is very much I feel like a creator led I guess initiative where creators can start monetizing their following on Twitter.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I see it as. I think it's it's going to take a little while to get off the ground. I think by monetizing every platform you could possibly alienate your following in the fact that you're looking to get money off them no matter what platform they're on
0: but Every, if you're doing yeah.
1: exclusive content on each platform then that's fine but, but if how on... much
0: exclusive content are you giving away because it says here the subscription cost is two two 2.99 this is in dollars so 2.99 4.99 or 9.99 and that's i guess the tier platform so yeah. obviously you'll get more the more you pay but there's already that like you say on other platforms So, like youtube you can be like a member yeah you pay a monthly fee and there you get i guess it depends on who you're following yep. do you follow people for their like twitter bands mm. perhaps you're going to pay a fee to see i don't know like better jokes or things like that for me personally i don't think i would subscribe to a user on twitter because if i follow people mainly creators that are Mainly on YouTube then if I was to want to support them again Facebook does the same Yeah, you like subscribe or you can give like stars or it's a bit of a weird one isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think especially when you have subscription-based Not even social media sites things like patreon Mm. Where you can back people and then you can gain exclusive content across things like YouTube anyway So you've got a wider range of content you can get from there you can obviously do like exclusive posts and stuff which is essentially what this super follow thing is i think
0: yeah but but they're saying that twitter's idea of this is that there's four key principles fun fame feeling the love and funds which for me is just like that doesn't give me too much that's not as someone that you know, like, if we followed brands and brands would decide to do this, I don't think that would be relevant. I think it's strictly kind of
1: influencer-based.
0: And I just don't feel like, personally, Twitter is the platform to
1: do this. Yeah, I agree. So
0: there are a few limitations you need to have. So you need to have more than 10,000 followers, be at least 18 years old, and have tweeted at least 25 times within the last 30 days. So I guess that's stopping people from setting it up and, like, taking the money and not doing anything. Yeah. But really interested to see basically how it goes because I personally don't see value yeah but there are probably people that are gonna really run with it and probably make a good amount of money but also increase their community for doing this like you know there's people that I think we mentioned it last week where they'll have like football chats or they have like the spaces where they're all in there I wonder if that becomes more of a club as opposed to on like a public forum Yeah, we shall see that's uh interesting i just don't think it's really relevant unless you're an influencer which just makes it a little bit more niche yeah it'd be
1: interesting to see how it's policed in a way like yeah at what point are people taking advantage of people somebody with big followings like i don't know logan paul yeah is going to charge people what was it 4.99
0: yeah, 2 dollars 99 4 99 9 99 depending on, I guess,
1: the tier. Like, diehard fans will pay this money, yeah. and if they're not actually getting anything in return of that value, yeah. then we so, shall see.
0: So next update is LinkedIn live stream events. LinkedIn Learning basically has started doing a live stream session feature and added it to something called office hours. Basically instructors can pre-record and upload courses for learners to watch later, but thanks to its arrival, they can now host live events for viewers to attend. So I guess, so you don't have to do it, like film it and then put it up after, you're actually in the motion. Okay, that makes a lot of sense.
1: It allows that sort of like back and forth in the moment chat, like for Q and A's and things like that, rather than say you do this course on linkedin and you go oh actually i've still got some questions about this mm. how do i then get in contact with that person are they have they got an email am i going to get a reply yeah Whereas that's you true ask it sort of at the time
0: yeah i think this is going to be really interesting because as it kind of says here like you said you can ask like real-time questions comments and reactions so it's really useful in terms of users because they like say if you're particularly stuck they can stop and explain mm. Or if people are finding it, like, you're, you're talking too fast or something like that, they're able to be like, oh, thanks for the feedback, I'll yeah. change that slightly. And so, yeah, that's really interesting, I think, especially for B2B businesses, because a lot of these updates normally centre on B2C. So how are brands displaying to consumers and what's that effect in terms of whether that's making money, exclusive content. But because this is kind of events and course focus, I think that this is going to be potentially revolutionary for people that do those types of things because you know for the event industry we mentioned last week when it comes to video about how events have changed so dramatically the thing you can't replicate unless you do a live video is that back and forth in real time yeah so having something on LinkedIn that powers a user to do that can only be a positive thing
1: yeah absolutely I think the the evolution of this LinkedIn learning is is something that is quite interesting in that You don't necessarily have to go to an official body Mm. to do a course or you can just go to people that do have that knowledge and learn from them in a more relaxed way, I guess. Obviously, it's still professionally run and and people Mm. do professional courses and things, but it is less of a process to apply for a course and do this and get through this way. I think it could... Really enhance the way people learn about things like marketing
0: oh I think I think it's gonna be so interesting and even like throughout the pandemic I did a lot of like webinars where like through like propel newsletter where they'll share like the industry leaders speaking about specific things and even just listening to a conversation even if you're kind of in in the shadow you don't have to be a participant in an event even if you just attend to learn I learned so much through that but there were certain areas where I was like, oh, that would have been a really great follow-on question, but they've kind of not touched on it. Yeah. To being able to do that, I think that it's going to change the way that people learn. And like you say, it's just not as, as official as, you know, sign up to a college, do a course, you're limited by time. If people obviously work in normal working hours, then you're limited in terms of availability. Yeah. Whereas this could be something that, you know, you could do, well, obviously if it's live, you do it as and when, but if you've still got that option to kind of go back or if people... Do events as they do like of an evening time, I think that it's going to give people a lot more kind of flexibility. So yep. really interested to see that because I think from our point of view in terms of 365, that's something that would be really powerful to learn about and hopefully do more in terms of sharing our insights. Yeah, absolutely. So next update was safety mode on Twitter. So this is really interesting because it says, mental health is an important consideration on social media and a new update from Twitter aimed to basically improve like the safety of people so it stops or minimizes unwelcome unkind and harassing replies to tweets so it's hopefully basically people can block out any specific harmful language sending repetitive like words or you know phase it, phrases or uninvited responses or mentions towards a user, offering a seven-day shield against barrage of negativity and spammy comments. So this intends to stop abuse on the platform of in terms of controversial opinions and offensive material that can avoid accountability by quickly switching it on to an order to prevent kind of the discussion. So I guess you can have it off and have it on. Yeah. So you can decide when or not to do that. So you could think, right, okay. i put something out and i think this is going to be quite interesting for a few of the brands we look after because there's some that are public facing that are quite large kind of industries that there are like fake news spammy kind of comments things that over time you notice a repetition in terms of the sort of things people say that are a, a complete kind of difference between being harmful, abusive, or even just controversial, to having a healthy discussion, Yeah, and I think that's where it's kind of difficult, because when, if you do a phrase, people can use that in a positive and negative way, so yes, this is helpful, and I think this really reminds me as well of, did you watch that Jessie Nelson documentary? I didn't. Uh, it was brilliant, Like not brilliant because it's her story, but in terms of how affected she was by social media, and by the sound of it from her account she got so much hate on twitter to the point that's made her so insecure yeah and i think that from once again like an influencer perspective celebrity perspective but even a brand perspective mm. you can identify and hopefully weed out those types of comments that people make when they're hiding behind anonymous accounts yeah and i think that that's what, what hopefully we will see more of but again it's one of those things that mental health on social media has to be... You have to be responsible for that. Yeah. So if you don't take responsibility in terms of your own mental health, they're not
1: going to do that for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think this... I think it's like a seven-day ban on people, isn't it, they've they put in. So if you utilise that along with like the mute function of mm-hmm. certain words and phrases, I know... There's some people I follow on Twitter with the recent um, issues with male violence against women in this country in particular that have found Twitter really overwhelming. Yeah. So along with muting things for that are associated to those cases that are going on currently and things like that, having then that extra limit that people aren't going to come to you mm. and start... Trying to put that back in your space when you've tried to To protect yourself from that if it's going to have an adverse effect on you I think it's just another another layer to that that protection. So hopefully it'll Do good, but we'll Yeah, it is
0: one of those and like perhaps this is going to be a good thing The problem is that because this is like a seven-day window. I was thinking more like parents for children Mm. but Potentially not because seven days isn't enough to protect them from all of the horrible things that you mainly see on Twitter. And I think yeah. really for most of my clients, and you probably see the same, that Twitter is the worst platform for negativity. Yeah. So to have an additional window that prevents things that shouldn't be online can only be a good thing. And hopefully you know, they'll learn in terms of how that's going and whether they extend that from seven days to 30 days. Or, you know, as you said, like, in terms of news articles, you might be particularly triggered by a news story mm-hmm. that in real life you can control whether or not you see it. Yeah. But on Twitter you can't. So being able to, you know, like, news stories kind of die down quicker. Um, so having that as something, you know, like, when COVID was at its worst and people don't want to know how many deaths there have been. Yeah. Things like that that you could have actually put a stop to could only be a good thing for mental health. So, yeah, yeah we will see how that... How that goes but you know like you say it's, it can only be a good thing yeah so next thing is Instagram map search it's
1: another case of oh we'll copy a different social media platform I think it's basically like um, snapchat location is what I get from it I don't like do we need this I feel like it's it can this is another thing of like your safety online yeah this can either be really good or really bad Yeah, like my sister went to visit someone in Bristol and I always made sure I had her location at all times, just in case, because you never know. But if someone you might not necessarily know, an online friend that you think you can trust, then has your location or someone finds it through other means with not good intentions, this could be really really worrying
0: yeah i think this like you say great for businesses cafes independent restaurants small businesses that want to be known of being somewhere that you don't think of as being there yeah great for exposure not great if you're telling your community that you've just checked into a cafe you're having a coffee and someone that follows you thinks I know where they live, mm. and therefore, you know, I know they live on their own. And so their house is vacant. You know, that's something that I learned over, again, the last couple of years. Like, take me back, again, probably ten years ago at this point. I'd put when I was going on holiday on Facebook. Yep. I'd do a plane photo. Yep. I'd do a check-in when I was the other side. Like, I was so open about where I was at any time. Mm. And I never even thought to think about the repercussions of, A, displaying where my location was. Yep. You know. Great to tell you, mum I've landed. Don't need to tell the world. But also, like, it's then all of that exposure. And especially on Facebook back then when we were so open with communication. I think back, like, you know, I had friends on Facebook that weren't my friends. They were just, like, acquaintances from school. Mm. If I was in a room and would I trust them with my life, probably not. Yeah. You know, you don't know anyone's ill intentions. No, absolutely So to think, yeah, it's just really scary. And I think that location-based things, and again, people with children. Yeah something that you really should do and like if ever i wanted to put on social that i was at a particular place i always do it retrospectively so like i wasn't you know yeah like i'm not checking in there yeah if i take my daughter out or like put a photo from the day i will never do it when i'm there and then yeah because it's just very obvious where you are you know you'll have your local friends but then anywhere you know that audience grows and people will know where you
1: are Yeah it's just scary though yeah i saw a story the other day that some a woman was hiking on her own on a on a trail i think it was the us base she was out hiking bumped into some man on this trail who wanted to get to know her she said no thank you she had her headphones in she went about her day he then messaged her on instagram because she'd she'd taken a picture while she was on the trail and tagged the location he's then gone through all these tags of this location to find this woman to then message her and be creepy. Yeah. It's it's too
0: scary personally. And you know, the the intent of this behind is that through the discovery tab and creating more of a directory of businesses and more promotion options, but I just think it's there's too much negativity. Mm. And when I think again of like the younger generations growing up, we were so naive back then, but we've unfortunately had to learn And you know, all you have to do is look online for cases and even like the one you described people even though you think will people really do that yeah 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 you know even the news the last couple of weeks has been horrible to listen to because the human race is not very nice all the time yeah and all it takes is one person to jeopardize your safety and
1: it's just yeah i mean from a business perspective i think that that feature could be really great yeah. But from using it on a personal account, not so much. No. But so hopefully you are, they've thought that through. You know, if
0: you're looking after brands, brilliant. Utilise it because, yeah. you know, if people are visiting an area and don't know that you're there, fantastic. Mm. You know, use it brand-based. But surely that's dependent also on user-generated content and check-ins. Well, yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, and again, also, like, it's good, but how different is it to geotagging? Yeah. You know, you already have that feature. I'm not sure. I mean it we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I think
1: in terms of like geotagging, obviously you tag your specific location and you can search for that location. Whereas with this you can have a look in the immediate area yeah. to see oh somebody's tagged loads of pictures of latte art over here. Yeah. There must be a really nice coffee shop over here.
0: Yeah, this so is the then, example like, they've got here, is like yeah. someone searched the hashtag takeaway. And as well as like top posts and recent posts, you're also then seeing above a map in terms of your local area. Yeah. But again, that's dependent on you having your like location on all the time. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think Instagram's gonna go through a whole change this like n- this next 12 months. It'll be interesting to see that. Yeah. I and mean, then in, in a similar breath, we have WhatsApp business directory. So again, they'll have their own version of the businesses nearby feature. So it will give you a list of active local business profiles where brands can showcase their products and facilitate direct contact via messaging and phone calls to provide reassurance following recent conversations surrounding WhatsApp level of security. Um, They have confirmed that we've built this in a private way. We're not logged into your location or what businesses you browse. So I guess that's just a case of, again, just maybe if you're on holiday and need something.
1: Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see how they display that mm. in, uh, is it going to be a separate app? Is yeah, it? it's
0: almost like it's going to be like a tab, I imagine. So it's it's kicking off in Sao Paulo, which is home to millions of small businesses, and that's, it's kind of like, that's how it will look, but again, it's not
1: really clear in terms of like, what. Well, once it launches and people start to post about it online, it'll be interesting to see what they what they think
0: yeah definitely it's just one of those things isn't it like whatsapp has been the same for a really long time yeah but and we, we spoke about it recently in the podcast in terms of like what is whatsapp is it a social platform or is it just a communication platform yeah and i think that it's definitely going more that social route yeah but you know we, we'll see what ends up there um shareable idea pins so idea pins are pinterest's version of stories yay more stories we haven't seen them on pinterest yet have you have we so there we go (laughs) so you can have a story essentially which will have a pinterest watermark on them so you as viewing them on other platforms can see where they were originally posted resharing the same content across social platforms can sometimes get repetitive but with the watermark, it will hopefully encourage users to tap through the posters pinterest profile so it'll actually link to it again the same as tiktok though yeah so it's gonna have the watermark share it across social but then again instagram changed that because before people were like sharing tiktoks onto instagram Mm. and now they've restricted people that share tiktoks yeah they
1: like deprioritize their videos if it's got that watermark on, which seems silly to me
0: we don't need another stories i'm sorry we don't (laughs) i just don't Great on Instagram, but even Instagram's walking away from them a bit. Yeah. You definitely. know, like, they put so much more focus on Reels and the kind of, like, TikTok approach to content. So, Instagram's becoming TikTok. Pinterest is coming Instagram. Yeah. LinkedIn is kind of becoming a bit more like Facebook, mm. but very much in its own. Like, we don't... We just Come don't need up it. with your own ideas. You know, I think Pinterest works so well in terms of traffic to websites. Yes. So, you oh, know, yeah. So, that as a platform works fantastically and we've seen some incredible success in terms of businesses using pinterest yeah but the stories i did doesn't elevate their core usps as a platform so focus on your usps yeah. why are people using your platform yes obviously why are people using other platforms is a necessary conversation but pinterest is different to any other thing yeah you know the kind of like board building and things like that more of a like a business directory would make more sense there. Because if you are doing like wedding boards and having, you know, if you're thinking, right, I wanna get married in this specific location or that's the dream, you you could start pinning actual like business ideas and creating a map. Mm. I don't know, I just think, we don't need more stories. So the last one that we're gonna talk about today because there's so many we've been talking for ages is business conversation tools on Facebook. So Facebook has rolled out a selection of new tools to help businesses establish more direct connection with prospective customers, focusing specifically on personalised messaging. Firstly, when a brand chooses to send a message objective for an ad, all the messaging platforms where they are available to chat will be selectable, whether that's Messenger, Instagram, DMs, WhatsApp or others. I actually quite like that idea. Um, Then Facebook's system will detect the messaging platform used most often by the user viewing the ad before prompting them to get in touch via that service. Similarly, businesses can now add a WhatsApp click-to-chat button to their Instagram profile, enhancing contact opportunities
1: even further. I love that. I have a few clients that use WhatsApp. I was about to say, like you were just saying about WhatsApp, it is becoming more that like customer service, social. So adding that level through another platform is only going to help drive more conversation there. Like you say, you've got clients that use it already. Yeah, and WhatsApp
0: is one of those things that actually people use very similarly to a live chat because it yeah. is, it's is—it's very similar in terms of quicker response times. And, you know, you can have WhatsApp on your phone, send a message, put your phone down. You don't have to stay on a website, which is why the Facebook Messenger like API for websites works so well as well because yeah. you can kind of walk away from it. There's also an option they're going to introduce within this is that... Businesses can set up four or five questions to ask consumers before they start a chat. So kind of in a similar way that people do at the moment on Messenger where it's like get started and then you can choose like the reason for kind of contacting. Yeah. And I guess if you're a brand that has a large customer service team, but that's split up in terms of, you know, product focus, new business, yeah, returns, a problem, all that different thing. You can identify if you've kind of got your different kind of branches of customer service where does this customer need to go within those questions? Yeah. And then immediately they're with the right person. So it's not that back and forth of, I've received this, that needs to go to this person, it should cut down communication time. Yeah. So I think that is a good thing. Obviously, I don't, or we don't like bots, but I think this is very different in terms of qualifying the reason for getting in touch without trying to fix the issue.
1: Yeah, it's just trying to gauge context to to see how is best to deal with this conversation Mm -hmm. rather than, that, yeah, and it just make sure that
0: you can get that information, and you know, it, it stops the customer having to be like, I've had this yeah. problem, and detailing like really lengthy what they're feeling and why. Yeah. They're able to basically say, This is my issue, blah blah blah. This is who I need to speak to from your brand's point of view, so they're in the right place, and they're at least that way they can be responded to as quickly as possible. So, yeah, yeah I think that that is basically a lot of the September updates, we've had lots this month. There seems to be lots every month this year. Yeah. I think where all these platforms are really trying to copycat each other, we're seeing so much kind of crossover. I think my favourite is going to be actually what we just spoke about, that new tool on Facebook.
1: Yeah. I think that's, like you say, it's going gonna, it's gonna to open up a whole new world of conversation for mm. people to have, qualify those conversations they're having before it gets to that customer service stage and then allow for better forms yeah and I think it's going to
0: improve obviously ads as their nature are not too personal yeah whereas this is going to add that personalization to it where people can you know you can encourage people your CTA being to chat means that you have a quicker response time and like it's quicker for people to realize you're a human because ads, it might be like click to the website and then you go on the website and then you might need to get in contact. Whereas just click to chat and you can have a chat with a brand. And I think that we're going to see a lot more people converting from public commenters to private commenters because of this. Yeah. So I think that is my most exciting one. Would you agree or is there a different um, one that you're particularly interested in?
1: I I do agree that's very exciting. I think I'm more intrigued to see how this live video LinkedIn learning mm. thing is going to going to come about and expand that platform just from a sense of everyone seems to be prioritizing video content at the moment so how is that going to enhance yeah. that platform specifically um, and it's obviously an educational thing so it can never be every day's a school day <laughs> it can never be bad
0: well it's great for us because we can learn but also we can teach yeah and I think that that is you know that's what I love about LinkedIn is I've got so many connections and I've learned so much from because. People just share their insight and your kind of little nugget of information put together with everyone else's nuggets of information just help to build a really great picture. Yeah. But yeah, that's it for this week. We do now have a YouTube channel, which obviously if you're watching this as a video, you'd already know, but anyone listening will have the YouTube channel description, uh, channel ID down below, and then you can kind of hit it over there you can see our lovely faces and just watch the podcast in video form if you prefer that and also in the same breath if you are a video watcher and you prefer to listen to podcasts just with our voice then you can do we have that in both areas so there's an option for everyone but that's all from us for this week and we'll speak to you guys really soon bye